advantage of the day. Right. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome once again, one and all, throughout the Chiefs' kingdom. It's time for another edition of Defending the Kingdom, brought to you by 360 Vodka, official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs' kingdom. Uh, we appreciate those folks. Uh, Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with Matt McMullen, Chiefs reporter. And I've already received some tweets from folks that what they're doing when they listen or watch Defending the Kingdom. <laughs> I got one from the leader of the Irish Brigade. Wow. Yeah. He's a, he is a Army veteran, full bird colonel, but he loves defending the kingdom. But he said, here's what I was doing. He's riding his bike, um, had his helmet on on a long bike ride like our John Matthews. So <laughs> let, us, let us know. What are you doing when you're listening to defending the kingdom? Maybe we don't want to know. Uh, but anyway, uh, this edition of the uh, Chiefs Kingdom deals with preseason game number one against the 49ers on Saturday night. And we're going to title it, There's More Than Meets the Eye and Ear with preseason football, especially this game. So let's dive right into it. You and I have both seen preseason football end careers. We have both seen them enhance careers. Sure. And I would say this, I don't think it's an outlandish comment, Matt, that the Chiefs probably wouldn't have won Super Bowl 54 had it not been for preseason football, especially in uh, 2018. It's a crazy thought, isn't it? But every single year we see guys elevate in the preseason make this team, and at some point make a play, either that season or later on down the road. So think of the guys that have made this team out of the preseason, guys like Byron Pringle in 2018. Uh, he was injured but still eventually made the team on IR, and then we've seen what he's done in the years since. But he blew up in the Green Bay game, right? He did, he yeah. did. So it was like, wow, okay, he's legit. You knew he had something, and yeah. I think he got hurt on that play, I think, yeah. but ended up making the team on IR, made the team the next year, and made some huge plays later on for this team. We've seen him do that. Ben Neiman in 2018 made this team. Remember the pick six against the Atlanta Falcons? And now he's, I mean, a quasi-starter on this team. A lot of starts, a lot of um, big plays for him over the course of his career here in Kansas City. Um, Daryl Williams in 2018. Think how big Daryl's been on this team over, over the last couple of years. I mean, he's been kind of the steady force in that tailback room when other guys have, have been injured. I mean, Daryl's been hurt a few times, but still, Daryl's always the guy you can count on. One of my favorite stats I've been uh, putting out there recently is the Chiefs four different times last year put the ball in Daryl's hands on fourth and short, and he converted every single time, 45 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So you find that guy in the preseason. And lastly, Andrew Wiley. Forget about him, but he he wasn't a name. No one knew who Andrew Wiley was way back in 2017. He made this team out of camp because of what he did out here on the field and in the preseason. So yeah, basically just bounced around practice squads. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is finally your chance to go out there and show that you belong in this league, you belong on this team. And we've seen it time and time again. Guys that everyone knows now are just part of the team. They started in the preseason, and we'll see who it is this year. And I love that you mentioned those guys in specific. Let's just take Pringle and Neiman in Super Bowl 54. Like, why are you talking about preseason football in Super Bowl 54? <laughs> Neiman and uh, Pringle made two of the most underrated plays in that game with their kickoff coverage plays when the Chiefs were putting the heat on. And on the drive that was critical for defense uh, to get him off the field, again, he came on the blitz. Remember San Francisco wanted a helmet hit? Yeah. Uh, and basically jacked the jaw of Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I apologize to the Chiefs' kingdom for all of these years since Super Bowl 54 and all of the months. On the run to immortality by Damian Williams, I talk about Sausage's block. That would not be a touchdown had it not been for Byron Pringle taking the San Francisco corner and running him into the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, again, it's preseason football. Pay attention. Like, who are the, who's going to shine 
in this game Friday night that could lead to even a Super Bowl victory either this year or next year. First of all, that's the thing that's awesome about you is Super Bowl 54 was, what, two years ago now, almost two years ago, and you're still going back and watching these plays and realizing this guy made a play right here. I remember like two days ago you brought that up to me, and that's what I think is so awesome about you. There's always plays to find when you're looking back at film, and, yeah, he de definitely deserves credit for that. Uh, but you're right. Who's going to elevate this year? And it's a big difference between doing it in practice and doing it in a game. And I know that it's just the preseason, doesn't count, but it's still live football against another team that doesn't know what you're doing. And this is your opportunity to go out there and show that you belong. And I asked Tyron uh, a few minutes ago, what are you looking for from the young defensive players, not in the first half, in the second half? The guys in the third and fourth quarter that are playing, trying to prove that they belong in this league, trying to make this team. And he said, make sure that the world knows who you are. And that's all you can do. Just go out there and try to make sure the world knows who you are. Make a play. Uh, make sure you're on your assignments. Be proud of what you put on film. And a big, big opportunity for these guys on Saturday night. I thought it was great that you asked him that question because one thing I like about this team that's overlooked is when they come out of the game, because Coach said they're going to play a quarter. The ones will play the first quarter. The twos will play the second. Threes, threes. And the remainder to finish. But when our guys come out of the game, and this hasn't always been the case, I've been in the league 28 years, usually guys can check out. Like, I'm done for the night. I'm just, hey, looking around what's going on. Our guys coach the young guys. Tyron Matthew will coach the young guys on the field. Yeah. And he's not the only one. And just it's something I know you'll talk about on your sideline debut uh, on our Chiefs telecast uh, coming up on Saturday night. And, of course, I'm excited to have our radio broadcast, too. There's more to this game than meets the eye or the ear. That's what we're saying. You don't have to be a football nerd to get into preseason football no. because this is where winning teams are made. All right, let's jump into – uh, probably the biggest area that Chiefs Kingdom is uh, excited or curious about, and that is the offensive line. I mean, you could essentially have three rookies that will start in this game and play the first quarter with the ones with Patrick Mahomes against a good San Francisco defensive front. They're not going to play all their guys, but they're, they're deep, okay? Now, what about the intrigue of those young guys in specific, uh, and even throwing Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tooney's the veteran, but rookie, rookie, basically a rookie to start this game. Well, once again, we know what they can do in practice. We've seen it. We've seen all of those players grow throughout practice, which is super exciting, especially a guy like Trey Smith, who was a sixth-round pick and looks like he could have been a first-round pick out here. Very exciting. But now it's about can you do that in a game? And once again, I know it's preseason, but you're going against – the San Francisco 49ers and some of their starters at least for a bit, and you have a chance to show what you can do on tape in a live, real football game. Your first pro game ever for these rookies. And then on a larger scale for guys like Orlando Brown Jr., it's about the cohesion. I mean, that's been the story of the offseason, right? Ten new guys added to this offensive line room that were not with the organization last year. So how can everyone come together and be cohesive as a unit? And you're playing in front of Patrick Mahomes. How can you block for him? How can you work on your communication? Things like that. And that's what it's really all about in the preseason for these guys who are starters, guys that we know are going to make the team. It's how can you figure out how things are going to work when it's the real thing just a few weeks later against Cleveland. So communication for me is the biggest thing that we're looking for and also learning from mistakes there's going to be mistakes early on I mean this is a group that's brand new together but can you learn from those mistakes that's what I'll be looking for coach was just talking about I've heard communication a lot the last 48 <laughs> hours here at training camp now Matt people are excited about these young offensive linemen but it opens the door to me to one of the more intriguing things I've been not only about this game but maybe in my entire 28 year span as a voice of the Chiefs for preseason football here's why okay there's four guys. Let's put the injured guys up on the shelf. All right, Mike Remmers. Um, LDT. LDT's, LDT's out four to six weeks. Long's up there. Okay. Now, four guys. Nick Allegretti, Austin Blythe, Yusir Durant to some extent, and then Andrew Wiley. Of that group, 
They have combined to play 146 games in the league with 96 starts, and three of the four have started Super Bowls, and they're the backup. Yeah. They have combined for 6,852 snaps, but it's like I've been on the varsity, but you're going to play the Monday night game now. I mean, they've, to me, it's interesting how they'll perform and how they'll respond because I'm not sure you can keep all these guys. You're only going to keep nine offensive linemen at the most. Yeah, well, that's what was so interesting for me about the offensive line rebuild. It wasn't just about the starting five. It was about the depth behind the starting five. And if you look at the starting five in week one last year, that wasn't the same starting five that was in the Super Bowl. And it's because injuries happen. They're inevitable. They're going to happen over the course of a long season. On paper, the starting five for the Chiefs right now is really good. But you're going to have things happen over the course of the year. It's a 17-game season. You're hoping to play deep into the playoffs. It's going to happen. So the impetus is, can you have guys who can slide into roles who would be starters elsewhere? And you just said it. All those guys have been starters either here or elsewhere. Uh, think about a guy like Andrew Wiley, 35 career starts. Nick Allegretti, nine starts last season. If you look at Pro Football Focus's grades, he was a top guard on this team last year. Now he's a depth guy. <laughs> uh, Austin Blythe has missed just one game the last three years. And then the injured guys that you briefly mentioned, they'll be here at some point. And you have Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, 57 career starts. Mike Rimmers, 88 career starts. And Kyle Long, 76 career starts. So you can count on the fact that these guys will be available later on in the year when you need them. If you have an injury, if someone goes out, you can plug a guy in there who started at some point in his career, played well, and could be a starter elsewhere. That's the beauty of this offensive line rebuild. It's not just the first five, it's the second five as well. But they've got to play, and they're going to be up against some guys from the 49ers who are in that same category. The Niners picked up some guys like Mo Hurst from the Raiders who will be playing in this game at that time. Yeah. And you're going to have varsity against varsity. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very intriguing in this preseason game. Again, this Defending the Kingdom episode brought to you by 360 Vodka. Also, we're entitling it, There's More Than Meets the Eye and Ear in this preseason football game. Another thing to pay attention to, and I call it the crowded room, and that is wide receiver. All right, we know the usual suspects. Tyreek Hill, you got him on your fantasy team, I hope. Uh, there's Demarcus Robinson. Then you go, you've got Byron Pringle. We talked about him earlier and how important preseason football was in getting his career going. And McCole Hardman. But now what? You're only going to keep six on this team. There are 13 on the roster. But there are four guys in particular that I think come into play for this game against the 49ers. We'll put Antonio Callaway because he's injured, probably won't play in this game. Yeah. But Gary Dieter who's been around for quite a while in this program. Then you look at Marcus Kemp, same. He's been a very effective performer. Uh, Maurice French, you don't know about, but he's had a very good camp up to this point, yeah. are, are all guys that uh, merit this discussion. And then rookie Cornell Powell. Uh, so four guys there that, again, it's like the backup old line. Not everybody's going to make this team but who shows in this game against San Francisco and who can flash? This is the one bad part about having a really good team with a lot of talent is <laughs> that you have good players who there just isn't room for them at the end of the day. Uh, but there's a lot of good talent in this receiver room, like you said. And they all kind of come from different directions, which I find interesting. Dieter and Kemp are the first two guys I want to talk about here because while they haven't played a ton on the field offensively for the Chiefs, they've been around more than just about anyone. I mean, uh, other than Tyreek Hill and Demarcus Robinson, Garrett Dieter and Marcus Kemp, who joined this team way back in 2017, think about that. They've been around this playbook, this culture, this organization for a very long time. Also chipped in quite a bit on special teams. Look at a couple years ago, Marcus Kemp had the third most special team snaps on this team. Uh, Dave Tobe has talked about numerous times how good he is on special teams, and now he's making a ton of plays offensively out here in camp. And then with Gehrig, 
there's a reason Garrick has stuck around all this time. It's because the coaching staff believes in him. They trust him. He's prepared. He comes out to practice every single day uh, and, and plays good football. And they know that if there was injuries or if they needed to count on him, they could. And he played in four games last year and logged 60% of the team's special team snaps. So you can count on him to go in there and play special teams. If you're going to be the final receiver on this roster, you have to play special teams and contribute. So Kemp uh, and Dieter have both done that. Then you have other guys like uh, Maurice French. You mentioned him. He was a UDFA last year on the practice squad all year last year. Now this is your chance to show in the preseason what you can do. He's a fun player. He was kind of a gadget, uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of guy at the University of Pittsburgh uh, and really, really solid player. He averaged 8.7 um, catches per game his senior year that uh, led the nation. Also had 96 grabs at Pitt his senior year that broke Larry Fitzgerald's school record. So you have guys in this camp that can do things, maybe guys you haven't heard a lot about or seen a lot on the field, but there's a very real chance one of these guys can make the team. And a couple of things French has done in this camp already. He's made some red zone plays. We saw him play an ad lib. Oh, yeah. Hey, keep on running keep play. Keep running. And it was one of the better plays in camp. Now, sub point into this crowded wide receiver room before we get to your Charles Davis interview deals with let's have some fun and who knows what's going to happen <laughs> because two Kansas City high school players will be in this game. Look for them. Number two, Dalton Schoen, who walked on at Kansas State after being at Blue Valley Northwest Husky. And at K-State, he ended up being one of their top receivers. He's seventh in school history in yards per catch. And after Byron Pringle left, he was the number one receiver. <laughs> All right, second is Darius Shepard, a Blue Springs Wildcat. Was with the Green Bay Packers for a while, played against the Chiefs in the 2019 preseason. He wears number nine. All right, let's have some fun and follow these guys. Pay attention to them. They're local high school players. But who knows? Yeah. They're both talented enough that they could be much more than that. Well, a couple thoughts here. First of all, it's the preseason. So, truly, you're right. Who knows? You never know. We talked about the guys at the top of the show that came out of nowhere to make this team. So, you truly never know. But no matter what happens, what I love about these kind of guys is that at its core, even though this is the NFL, it's the top sports league in the world, it's about the love of the game. These guys love football. They love playing football. And it's a blessing. It's a dream come true to be in the NFL at all. But for these two guys – they get to play for their childhood team on Saturday, which I think is just the coolest thing. And these guys grew up watching the Chiefs, and not only do they get a chance to play in the NFL, they get to play for their childhood team with the arrowhead uh, on their helmet. And I asked Darius Shepard a few days ago, what's that going to mean to you? And he said, well, when you're in elementary school and your teacher asks you, what do you want to be when you grew up? You say, I want to be a football player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Both of these guys get to do that on Saturday. Yep. And uh, interesting here, we're out. If those of you watching us, we're out here in the sun. Do you realize that this table now is hotter than the uh, temperature in Mercury? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I have my I have my notes here and it's pieces of white paper and it's like I'm tanning. Yeah. It's going to be bad. It's a million degrees. But hey, we're grinding through. It's day 16. <laughs> it's defending mix. the kingdom. Come on. Brought to you by 360 <laughs> Vodka. And let us know how you listen or watch uh, to DTK. It's going to be kind of fun. You can send it to either one of our Twitter sites. All right. Um, Let's transition here. You had a chance to talk to Charles Davis, who I just I love his analysis. Um, he's great at covering the National Football League. But we're going to pivot here to talk about what he thinks of this defense. Yeah, and former defensive back, obviously a star at the University of Tennessee. Now one of the voices in Madden. So when you talk to him, you're kind of looking around, you know, wondering, like, am I in a, in a video game? A-Y-Y-X-X. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's all coming back. But, uh, yeah, awesome guy with some great perspective on playing defensive back. And it was a perfect segue into our conversation we'll have on the other side about the unique nature of the defensive backs on this team. All right, we're joined by one of the best in the business talking about Charles Davis. And, Charles, I want to ask you about the versatility of this defensive back room because with Steve Spagnuolo, we really don't have corners and safeties. We have defensive backs. These guys are really versatile and can do a lot of different things. You're a former defensive back. Just how important is that versatility in this room? 
it's beyond important. I love the way you phrased it. You know, we just have defensive backs. Now, in certain situations, guys will have to assume roles, especially on the corner, because the speed element of the game out on the perimeter, the difference of those guys running versus those guys running down the middle of the field is usually like the Autobahn <laughs> versus your regular interstate here in the United States. But overall, you're talking about mixing and matching. Do corners go inside and play in the nickel in the slot? Do safeties drop down in the box? Do they play high? Do they play some linebacker spots in certain defenses? You're exactly right. It's positionless football that's kind of become in vogue, and it's really important because now – it gives the offense more that they have to prepare for, and maybe it'll cut down on what they can do against you. And it gives Spags some chances to do a lot of creative things defensively. We talk about how Coach Andy Reid on offense does so many creative things, but Spags does the same thing. We see a lot of three safety looks, uh, four safety looks even, and some dime packages. When you're looking at those things in practice today, what stands out to you when other teams just can't do that? What stands out to me is that when you have all those different safeties, and some of those guys are linebackers who look like safeties or safeties who look like linebackers, is if you feel comfortable that they can you know, tackle against the run, especially in long yardage situations, now you can really do a lot of those things. You're throwing a lot at the offense. They have to interpret it, decipher it, try to work against it. And you're also giving a lot of roles to players. A lot of guys, if they're not playing, they'll check out on you in the meeting room. You know, they won't be there. And then all of a sudden, a guy gets hurt. Hey, you got Davis, get in there and play. And I haven't studied my playbook, coach. But if he has a role throughout the season, hey, you're going to be in this package. You're going to be in that package. You're going to be on, down, on, on the field on these downs. Now they study harder. They're more prepared. And then if something does happen, they step into other roles a little more seamlessly. Well, having a guy like Tyron Matthew in this DD room certainly helps with that as well. Yeah. On guys constantly in practice, yelling at guys, keeping the energy level up. Uh, last question for you, though. I want to ask about corner. And to have that versatility in those defensive packages, you have to have corners that are willing tacklers. And we've seen that over the years here in Kansas City. Guys like Bashad Breland, uh, Traverius Ward currently on this team, willing tackler. How important is having a willing tackler at corner when you want to play these different kinds of defensive looks? It is beyond important because as much as the game is about throwing it downfield, and that's what we talk about in the NFL, and that's why Patrick Mahomes is a star because he does it so well. Also, the ability to run the football, control the clock, beat some people up, and you're going to have to go against that. So having corners who are willing tacklers, think about your own division, all right? The Raiders are going to come at you with Josh Jacobs, and now Kenyon Drake is there. You're going to look at Denver. They just they just invested in a, a second-round pick in Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Melvin Gordon is already there. Look at the top contenders in the AFC. Cleveland runs the heck out of the football. Tennessee, oh, yeah, we know Derrick Henry is coming. So when you look at it in total, you have to have those corners. They can't just go out there and run downfield with people. If they're willing to tackle and be the first line of defense on the corner and on the perimeter, that just makes your defense that much more stout. Worst case, you can still suit up, right? Um, yeah, but if I do, I'm going to cost some people their jobs. Not a coach out there. It's funny. I talked with Coach David Merritt. The defense, but he goes, come on, give me a couple reps. I said, Coach, I'll get you fired. He said, in that case, you stay right over there. <laughs> Appreciate it, Charles. Thank you. You take care. Love that interview. Love him. But he talked about positionless football. I see it more and more, not only out here, but throughout the league. We just we got to be reluctant to pigeonhole guys into this guy's a DE or linebacker, safety or corner. Sometimes it's all blended together like a really nice stew. <laughs> I keep putting my hands on here, and I burn my hands every time, so I keep pulling them up. Uh, but you're 100% right. It's position is football, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing with this defense because Steve Spagnuolo can, like we talked about in, in the interview, truly – take advantage of the versatile nature of this group because they can play so many different positions. Think of all the different things Tyron Matthew does, for example. He plays in the slot. He can play free safety. He can play in the box, play in the line of scrimmage. He can play outside corner if you need him to. Legereus Sneed is the same way. 
he played safety his senior year at college just because Louisiana Tech needed him to play safety. And then no big deal. He can come in this year after a great rookie year last year and not just play outside corner, but also slot corner in, in a nickel. So when you have guys that can do a whole bunch of different things, it just opens up what you can do in your toolbox if you're Steve Spagnuolo. And really, at the end of the day, this group is athletic. That's what they are. They are athletic. They're athletes. And it's defensive back room. And they can do a ton of different things for you. And that's just not the case around the league. We're kind of spoiled with it. And we're going to close this way and talk about the corner store. I mean, think about it. The corner store. You've got to have it um, whether, you know, you just got to run and get bread and milk or whatever. You've got to run there and quickly and get it done. Uh, so the corner store here to me in this game, why this game is more than meets the eye and ear and why you just can't just, oh, gosh, it's preseason football. Let me know when I can play fantasy football. No, you need to pay attention to this game because there's four corners that I have under my eye, uh, and that is um, when you look at Mike Hughes, yeah. who right now is a starting corner and when the Chiefs are in nickel. Uh, you look at Rashad Fenton, who's been good for this team, DeAndre Baker, and then also Bo Pete Keys, who went up the hill and injured uh, on Thursday. So I'm not sure of his status coming up on Saturday. I doubt if he'll play. And then a guy named Devin Key, who kind of fits what we're talking about. Like, what is he? Well, he's out there. And he wears number 24. But these are all guys to watch to me on Saturday night because it becomes very important as it pertains to the 2021 season. Sure. And what a Brett Veach special the duo of Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker is because you have two guys, each of which was taken with a number 30 overall pick in 2018 and in 2019. These are two players that have played before. They've shown that they could play at this level. They were highly touted prospects for a reason. And in the case of Hughes, here's a guy who was really good in Minnesota. Just injuries. He couldn't stay healthy on the field. It was freak injuries. Things with his neck and also a torn ACL. And now he has a fresh start here in Kansas City. And since OTAs, we've been watching him wondering how does he kind of mix into things? Because the Chiefs traded for him uh, in the spring. And he's looked pretty good. I mean, we saw some plays today. Uh, made a great play um, in coverage against Tyree Kill in the end zone. It was a red zone route that Tyreek makes look easy on a regular basis, and Hughes stayed with him, made a play on the ball. Had an interception later on in 7-on-7 seven seven as well. So I'll be watching Mike Hughes in the preseason game. You want to see what happens when he's actually out there on the field uh, in a live game. And also Rashad Finn. What, what can he show now entering this year with the Chiefs? He's had limited snaps during his career, but when he's been out there, he's been really good. He's shown that he can play on this team. So it's a great opportunity for these guys. If you're looking at the nickel package, who can be that other outside corner, like you mentioned, um, opposite Traverius Ward? You have Legereus Sneed in the slot, probably the best slot corner in football this year, if we're being honest. Traverius Ward, incredible to say this, but he has the most experience of all the corners in this room. So who can be that other guy? And that's what this preseason will be all about. And right now, Mike Hughes might have the inside track at that, looking really good, but the preseason will tell the story of that later on. Rashad Fenton's kind of your Ben Neiman of that cornerback room. Yeah. Alright, as we close, I don't know if you guys are gamers or you want to design video games, you can design a new video game called Surviving Defending the Kingdom on a table surface <laughs> that is 275 degrees. What a great video game it'll be. Touch, yeah, touch. it'll be great. He's Matt McMullen. Again, let us know how you listen or watch Defending the Kingdom uh, and how you can survive, you know, this heat. Anyway, yeah. we look forward to this game on Saturday night. There is more than meets the eye or ear. Pay attention to this game. It may be more important than you think. Ten, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.